Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. In episode 20, I speak with Rick Mihalik, president of Mihalik Vehicle Consulting and NACFI's director of Emerging Technologies. Here he shares his thoughts on the value of networking, the rapid pace of technology change, the importance of research and understanding biases, explains the technology diffusion S-curve, offers quick thoughts on a host of emerging technologies, and gives advice on being successful with new technology. Today we have joining us Rick Mihalik. He's of Mihalik Vehicle Consulting and been with NACFI for a number of years. He's our Director of Emerging Technology Studies. Hello, Rick. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Mike, for asking me here. You know, Dave Schaller takes credit for bringing you into the NACFI team, and I don't always like to give Dave the most credit, but uh, can you confirm that is how we were introduced, or uh, was it somewhere else? Sure, Mike. Uh, Dave got my name from someone we both knew at my old company. I can't really say enough about the value of professional networking that surprise you with, with some new opportunities. Some of the most interesting jobs I've had in my, my career have come up just because somebody mentioned my name to somebody else. And, and, and you know, you, you use the word team, and I can't, I can't stress enough that NACFI is an awesome team to work with. The NACFI team is full of stories like that where somebody said, hey, you, you really need to get to know so-and-so, and Mike, they need to get to know you, and yada, yada, and here – before you know it, you, you, you've been with us six or seven years. It's a long time. So, uh, Rick, take us back in your career, um, uh, you know, and, and where you worked and, and, and uh, what brought you to, you know, a real passion around freight efficiency. I mean, it, it comes through in your work here at NACFI, but I, I, I know it, it goes a lot longer and deeper deeper than that. So tell us about your career. Sure. Um, you know, I- I've been a manager. I've had lots of people working for me over the years, and I've reviewed hundreds, if not thousands, of resumes, and I've done quite a lot of interviews. And quite frankly, if you looked at my, my resume, uh, you might wonder if that person actually had done everything that he says. And I have. It, 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 I've been in the right place at the right time probably way, way more often than, than statistically I should have. Yeah, I've worked on trucks and Worked on trains, missiles, submarines, the space shuttle. I've worked on emissions reduction. I've worked on SAE standards and conferences. And more recently, NACFI has opened me up to, you know, electric trucks and hybrid trucks and fuel cell trucks. Now I've met and worked with some amazing talent over the years. And they've all helped me along my path. And kind of, I'm at this point in my career after 40 years or so. You know, looking down and saying, you know, I, I should be giving back and helping others. So that's kind of what motivates me, um, you know, giving back and looking at stuff that's really interesting. Uh, those two things really, uh, really uh, get me going. So I know you said that you became aware of NACFI, you know, really early on in, in NACFI's time uh, when you were at you know, Peterbilt working on, I think, Super Trucker. Maybe it was greenhouse gas regulations. I don't remember. But what, what do you what do you recall about your first impressions of of uh, of us here at NACFI? And I guess I don't probably when you thought about when you first uh, heard about us, you probably didn't think you'd be doing the work yourself. But um, what was your first impression? 
Yeah, um, yeah, it was back in 2009, 2010. I was working on, on both uh, EPA NHTSA greenhouse gas regulations and on the Peterbilt Cummins Super Truck Program. Yeah, and I, I was constantly hunting for valid real world information on trucks and the trucking industry. Yeah, and, and things like the, the NACI annual fleet fuel study, it's a, it's a priceless resource. I, I, you know, I gave a presentation uh, on aerodynamics uh, in Chicago for a CFE conference, and I mentioned platooning. I think it was in 2011. And a few years later, you published a detailed report on an actual platooning test with a fleet. I think that was 2013. Uh, you know, actually focused on unbiased information really sold me. I'm, I'm an engineer, and I've seen a lot of hype in my career. You know, finding reliable, real-world information sources is really refreshing. Yeah, I remember that that 2013 test. That was the first, you know, that was with Peloton at CR England across the Utah Salt Flats. And, um, you know, that was really the first of what we now call collaboration reports, you know, times where NACFI gets in and works with either a fleet or a technology provider and, you know, helps them run a test or do a study or something. And I remember being quite nervous. <laughs> it was the, kind of the first time McAfee was, was doing something of that nature. And uh, it's, uh, it's good to hear uh, somebody kind of cared about it. You know, this conversation with you is kind of weird. You know, we, we talk nearly every day in our work on um, electric trucks and automation and, you know, general just uh, adoption stuff. So it's, uh, it's kind of, kind of strange to to know that there's a bunch of people out there listening to this podcast kind of peering in on our discussion because we have these all the time, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's easy to get uh, get into the weeds with you on things. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. And, and, you know, so kind of fast forward your career to now where you're kind of what I call our lead researcher on emerging technologies. And, and you, know, you know, wow, trucking's got a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, and, and I don't try to, I try not to overdo it, right, because there's always been um, a lot of, you know, transformational work that the trucking industry was uh, looking at, but boy, it, it feels that way now. I mean, you mentioned platooning, we got, uh, you know, some experimenting and actually testing some full automation, we got electric and fuel cell trucks that, you know, we're looking at, and it's just all over the place. So uh, how, how are, you know, how do you view this time of a lot of potentially disruptive technologies compared with other times in trucking and uh, you know is the industry handling it well or are we are we just kind of you know i don't know um not yeah mike we we kind of jointly decided earlier this year to change my my title from director of future technologies to director of emerging technologies it was kind of a recognition that the the pace of technology and operational changes in our industry is just phenomenal. Now, change has always been part of trucking. I've been in trucking 40 years, and it's it's never stopped moving forward. But today, the the range of technologies that we're encountering and the the depth of investment. Is it's just a really exciting time. The the confluence of all these things is really pushing trucking forward. And I think that the biggest risk here is that uh, we're moving so fast that we don't really have time to 
to stop and develop the things that we're working on to their maturity before they get replaced by something newer. Yeah, and I got to think, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, some people look at the trucks and they go, oh, you know, there's a tractor still pulling a box behind it and there's freight inside. It's been that way for 40, 50 years and changed. But you know, they forget how clean the emissions are nowadays and, and you know, the cost. Uh, you know, we, we've maintained a lot of co- uptime is incredible on these trucks. So I, I agree that a lot of these changes um, have always been there. Um, they do seem to be kind of piling up right now, and um, you know, along with uh, your point about uh, you know technology kind of e- emerging and, and getting run over and keep going fast, I I also worry about just so many things going on. You got the power plant changing to electric, you got this automation and connectivity, all this stuff at the same time. Do you see any parts of the industry where there's kind of like deer in the headlights going on, or is that not not to be too worried about? As that's kind of why we do what we do, right? It's to get information out there to all the people who are just overwhelmed with uh, the tsunami of information that's daily, you know, hitting them. But you know, I, I, I don't go a single day without getting flooded with new new investment things, uh, you know, fuel cells, utilities, uh, power plants, all looking at where the future is going with vehicles. Uh, it's just a lot of change, and you know that can lose people. the 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 uh, The challenge is trying to keep everybody on on the train as it's taken off, and uh, you know that's that's why we have a job. I think it's, it's it's helping them through all that morass of information out there to to make sense of of what's going on. Yeah, and I think you know we we're we're trying to be very unbiased in our look, right? So we're trying to take a a good unbiased look, fresh look at all of the things. Any any sort of uh, uh, tricks of the trade that you have uh, as you look at this plethora of stuff as you talk about, you know, coming. I mean, one of the things I catch myself doing is you know really looking hard at the author who sponsored the work. Um, you know, I joke all the time that, you know, it, it, it's not surprising that maybe peanut butter is the is the lunch of choice in schools, but if the study was sponsored by, you know, GIF or one of the peanut butter companies, right? So uh, I always try to look at who sponsored and wrote um, sort, certain amounts of research. What other tricks of the trade do you have to try to dig in and really understand what's going on amongst this, all of this information out there? Yeah, good research is uh, is just really uh, part of it is 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 training. I, you know, I I grew up reading a lot, and I really could never get past that. But you know, fundamentally, if I had to advise anybody on what to do, you, you need to read, you need to attend, you need to participate, you need to do, and not not just take polls, uh, face value comments, or listen to the hype and make decisions off of it actually get into the into the details and, and understand it. Um, you know, finding information for me, you know, genetically I seem to be pretty well tuned to finding things on, on the internet. And uh, you know, I, I call it informational karma. You know, don't be afraid to look down the rabbit holes for, for something. Don't don't be afraid to, to follow a path that's seemingly disconnected from everything. Because you may find out that there's there's actually a lot of useful information 
in a parallel industry that that directly applies to what you're looking at today. You got to understand and recognize bias. You know, other people's bias and especially your own. Um, you got to face it straight on and do the fact factual research. You know, and present all sides of an argument before you reach a conclusion. That's really good advice. I mean, I got to believe if you um, if you're searching for what you know to, it's sort of like the old saying about listening, right? If you're listening to tell a story, or if you're listening to confirm what you already know about something, or are you really listening to understand? And part of that's kind of what you're talking about as you're doing the research. Push your own bias or your own thoughts about something aside, and and we've probably had uh, a number of those that maybe we shouldn't share with the audience, but a number of those going in where I know we've, you and I and the NAXI team have been open-minded about something and, and really found something that kind of surprised us in a, in a different way. So that's, that's really, you know, really sage and good advice. Um, you know, one of the things that um, NAXI has really sort of became our, you know, one, one of our clear uh, expertise is around um, this technology diffusion idea or what some kind sometimes called the adoption s curves and you know there's there's different um you know with new technologies and how change occurs so uh let's take a few minutes of our time together and, and talk about that i mean share with the audience what that is if you don't mind rick and then let's let's you and i just chat about how that affects uh, how quickly something's adopted sure if you uh if you mentally draw a uh an S in your head, and at the lower left corner of that is where all new technologies start. And they're, they're immature, they're imperfect, um, they struggle very long sometimes getting a, a adopted by industry. Uh, but once they start getting a toehold in the industry, change happens very, very fastly, and you start going up the curve. And you can you can get those uh, I think about fuel economy. You can get those uh, multi-percentage point improvements very quickly because the technology evolves very quickly at that point. A little bit of money and a little bit of time can take you a long way. When you get to the other end of the curve, the upper end, uh, it kind of plateaus. And, you know, you, you look at, at some of the things like uh, the diesel engines today. They've got 100 years of maturity behind them. And when you want to talk about getting a, an improvement in, a, in an engine that's got 100 years of research in it, um, it takes a lot of money and a lot of time to make a fraction of a percent gain on anything. And it just gets really, really hard to make improvements at that upper end. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so that's the curve. Yeah. And so, you know, what we end up seeing with uh, adopters is, um, you know, and this is out of a lot of research that you and I and others have, have uh, read and understood, but, you know, it starts in that very early stage with what they call innovators, you know, people who just are really excited about the new technology and don't care how good it is or immature it is, maybe not even how reliable or how cheap it is. It's really expensive. And then, you know, you move into the early adopters, uh, which, you know, they, uh, and we see that a lot right now with electric trucks. So the Frito-Lays, the NFIs, UPS, um, maybe Anheuser-Busch, the, the people who are uh, early adopters of technologies, they know that they're not perfected yet, and they're probably not a good investment for them, but they see them as successful down the road. 
and they want to they want to understand them early and really get into them. And then there's two groups that are um, early majority and later majority, and they're the ones that you know you you just mentioned right that that come really fast to the market when they into the purchasing um, or use of a, of a new thing uh, when, you know, it sort of has that ripple effect. And, you know, that's when sort of like word of mouth gets out, you know, like there's this new restaurant in town. And so somebody tells somebody, tells somebody else, or in our business, fleets are sharing success of a certain technology and it moves. And then the final is laggards. And, you know, they're just always going to come like kicking and screaming to the new thing sometimes. So, it's been really interesting for, for us to study, you know, we, we at NACP probably studied a hundred technologies from tires to aero to all sort of things uh, with a keen eye on, on how this adoption curve is working for sometimes against the technology. Yeah, I think, I think at that starting point, uh, one of the things that you really need to stress is that without real world use and without sweet feedback, these technologies never take off. So, you know, the, the, the work that NACFI does in trending how technologies get adopted, you know, a key part of that is that the fleets are providing feedback to the manufacturers on what's working, what's not working, where they can be improved, where they're over-designed. All of those things allow the, the, the technology to take off. Yeah, and I guess, that you know, in, in thinking through that, it, it doesn't, you know, the the new the new thing I'll call it or the new product or technology doesn't have to be perfect um, at the beginning. It needs to be good enough that some end users and these fleets use it and then start to give that feedback. But it doesn't it doesn't also need to solve every problem, right? It can it needs to get going and in that real world use, you know the the benefits start to become obvious and the the issues start to become obvious as well. And so how you redesign and mitigate the problems and exploit the benefits is when a product has success, don't you agree? Yeah, if you if you uh, if you think about the early adopters, um, they're getting in to get get their feet wet in the technology, but at the same time, they recognize that that's the moment of opportunity that has the greatest impact on the path of the technology. Now, the the late adopters that come in, uh, they're stuck with what they've got. There is not a lot of opportunity for them to to change the trajectory. Of the technology, but the, the, those Pepsi's, the UPS's, uh, the Anheuser Busch, those people that are getting in on the early stages of the technology when it's immature, they influence it the most. And you know, it, you know the groups like NFI that we've talked with, they understand that 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 they're having a role helping to develop the technology by getting in early. Uh, that's really really interesting. So. Hey, so uh, I got a little game for you here if you're up for it. Uh, it's sort of like, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but Family Feud's Fast Money where you got to answer questions, you know, really quickly because the time's going to run out. So um, this will <laughs> probably put you on the spot a little bit, but I'm going to ask you about some truck technologies. Give me your first thoughts. You know, you, you think about it in terms you got seconds, not minutes to answer. Uh, you ready? Sure. All right, so just quick thoughts on each one of these, maybe whatever you want to say. So over-the-air connectivity of trucks and, and uh, for trucking. Yeah, the death of paperwork in trucking can't be too soon. You know, manual tracking of, of vehicles and accounting is so old school. Um, 
you know, we know where everything is. We know where the driver is. We know where the trailer is. We know where the load is. We know what the load is. Uh, you know, we know all of that because we have all this connectivity. We can do over-the-air updates to the, the, the truck loss on the road, uh, and, and we know when something's about to fail and you can fix it before it happens. That's all cool. of that is connectivity. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. I'm going to give you a beep, beep, beep when we're running out, <laughs> we're out of time. So how about hybrids? You know, a lot of talk about diesel and now, you know, in the, you know, 10, 15 years ago, a lot of talk about diesel hybrids. Now we've got the idea of natural gas hybrids. What comes, what's your thoughts on hybrids in general? Yeah, we, we talk, Mike, about the messy middle. Um, you know, there are many different ways to power a truck. And, you know, COVID has shown the world this year that fleets can't wait for a perfect solution. They have to deliver products today with today's trucks. Uh, you know, the, the whole point is that change is a ramp. It's not a step. And, uh, and fleets understand that. And, and natural gas and hybrids are all part of that messy middle, near-term, mid-term solution. Yep, Okay. Uh, one area you've done a ton of work in, that's electric trucks. So what's your 15, 20 words on electric trucks? Yeah, electric trucks are becoming the baseline for, for comparison, especially in zero emission vehicle zones. Um, it's not the solution for every duty cycle, but as it matures and the technology improves, it's going to be more and more able to take on other roles. And I, I think it's it, it's where the future is. Excellent. Yep. Kind of the new baseline to the engine and then other things we'll have to compare against it, which brings me to hydrogen fuel cell electric trucks. Um, a lot of talk right now on those. You know, fuel cell trucks are promising. The technology has been around for, for a long time, uh, almost as long as me. And, uh, you know, it's just as, as my, my son's first robotics group likes to say, it's uh, cooperation between battery electric and hybrid electric, right? It's jointly cooperating while competing. Um, in the end, a, a, a fuel cell truck is just a, a hybrid electric truck. And I think both of them have a point in the future because they do different things differently and, and have different duty cycles. Okay, two, two more real quick here. Fully automated self-driving trucks. You know, full automation is a goal to increase the daily tonnage per truck. Um, a fully autonomous truck can drive three shifts and never get tired, supposedly, right? But there's an impact to human drivers and to the industry, and, and we really need to think that over. Uh, we work with a guy, uh, Steve Pacelli, at the University of Pennsylvania, and he's thought about the, the social justice part of this, the, the fact that we have the opportunity to get a win-win for the technology and for the drivers moving into an automated future. And I think that really needs to be the, the focus, not just technology for technology's sake. I think that's really well said. And then finally, um, sort of one hot topic, uh, platooning. Yeah, platooning is a subset of, of automation technology. I know some of, some of our associates probably won't say it that way, but you know, fundamentally um, it's, just, it's just in there. And, yeah, you know, I think I think the problem is that people don't understand that just being in traffic is platooning, and so you have to understand what the baseline is you're starting from. 
Yeah, well, I've got five more, but I'm going to have to cut it off there because we're we're kind of running out of time, Rick, like we always do on these. Uh, um, what? So thanks a lot for joining me, and I think you bring such an interesting uh, you know, personal background and, and dedication to this work and, and just are such a, a deep, um, you know, and such an interested person in, uh, in all technologies. And it doesn't surprise me. I don't think you've ever told me about you being an incessant reader as a child. That didn't surprise me, uh, a, a, a one iota. So what, you know, what advice do you have for, for anyone trying to be successful with these new technologies, whether they're a fleet out there or a manufacturer or, maybe even a regulator, um, you know, what would be your, you know, three or four pieces of advice as they look at these technologies? Yeah, with all, with all new technologies, there's a, a danger that you overhype it or you under underappreciate it. And, you know, we, we've written on this that, you know, a, a, a manufacturer can inflate the performance by as much of a factor as three. And, you know, Consumers tend to underrate by a factor of three. That's a big spread between your expectations and the company's expectations with their products. Um, so that's really the starting point is is keep it real. Um, just quite frankly, you know, stay stay focused on real world performance when you're selling the product, and and appreciate that these things are new technologies and they will mature. Um, give, give them some room to, to grow. They're, they're not going to be perfect out of the box. I think that's great advice, Rick. So, hey, it's truly an honor to have you on our, our team here at NACFI. It's uh, You mentioned it earlier. It's, it's a group of passionate, dedicated um, experts, and I'm honored to lead it, and it's great having you on. So uh, thanks for joining us today, and best to you and your work. Thank you, Mike. It's, it's great working here. Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Rosen Friends. 